0: Hello, and welcome to Addressing Alaskans, a program capturing community conversations in south-central Alaska. Join us on Alaska Public Media as we travel to different spots throughout our community and listen to local groups gathered to discuss what matters to Alaskans. It's been 55 years since the March on Washington and Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous I Have a Dream speech. The University of Alaska Anchorage Black Student Union organized an event celebrating the historic moment with speakers, performances, and multimedia presentations. Our show today features selections from the program including Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz, the Clark Middle School Informers, and Anchorage Community Theater. This was recorded on August 30th at the UAA Fine Arts Building Recital Hall. We begin with Cheryl Cox-Williams, President of the UAA Black Student Union.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I am overwhelmed by all your faces tonight. This is, this is very, very, very awesome. This is a very auspicious time for us. Uh, we've lost a great lady in Miss Aretha Franklin, and in doing the presentation for her, At 49 years old, I found out that she, at 16, had already started her work with Dr. King. We can start them very young, ladies and gentlemen. This process is ongoing and very fulfilling when it's done correctly. Without further ado, I'd like to invite Mr. Hartwell, the music director of the Shiloh Baptist Church. He'll be doing the national anthem for us.
2: Oh, say can
1: you see
2: by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in the air, gay proof. To the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er oh, the land
1: inclined to bow your heads if you'd like to take a moment of silence. I will present our invocation for tonight. Our kind and Heavenly Father we thank thee for the opportunity to be here together as friends and family. For us to join together our hands and our hearts to be a team that does your work in drawing this community closer together. Bless those that have had hands in this event and bless those that have come to support us. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. My name is Cheryl Cox Williams. I am your University of Alaska Anchorage president of the Black Student Union. And though I graciously accept your applause, we all know I couldn't have done this without a very, very dynamic team behind me. But you're here tonight to show that many hands make work light. I would like to jump right into this program with some very special young people. The Clark Middle School Informers. These young people took one and a half week to get ready to be here with us, getting their warning shot during the summer. I'm so very proud of them. Clark Middle School Informers.
3: Good afternoon. We are members of the Clark Middle School Informers. We travel throughout our community to inform others about important people, topics, holidays, and observances. Our purpose is not to perform, but to inform our audience by enlightening, enriching, empowering, and educating them. On behalf of our principal, Ms. Williams, and our coordinator, Ms. Pinckney, I'd like to thank you for inviting us to present at this important event. The March on Washington was a massive protest that occurred in August, 1963, when some 250,000 people gathered in front of the Lincoln Memorial Center. Also known for the March on Washington was for jobs and freedom. The event was aimed to draw attention to inequalities, challenges, inequalities, and faced by African-Americans a century after emancipation. Best known for the iconic I Had a Dream keynote speech orated by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The purpose of the march was to address the twin evils of discrimination and economic deprivation. The idea for the 1963 March on Washington was envisioned by A. Philip Randolph, a longtime civil rights activist. He gained the support of 10 other major civil rights activists from influential organizations. And together, they created a statement to ensure that the march would be an orderly, disciplined, and a non-violent march. The informers will now recite the document that was developed by the civil rights leader, calling for discipline in connection with the march. Thank you.
4: The Washington March of August 28th is more than just a demonstration. It was conceived as an outpouring of deep feeling from millions of white and colored American citizens that the time has come for the government of the United States of America, and particularly for the Congress of that government, to grant and guarantee completed equality and citizenship to the Negro minority of our population. As such, the Washington March is a living petition in the flesh of the scores of thousands of citizens of both races who will be present from all parts of our country.
5: It will be orderly, but not subservient. It will be proud, but not arrogant. It will be nonviolent, but not timid. It will be unified in purposes and behavior, not splintered by groups and individual competitors. It will be outspoken, but not ruckus. It will have the dignity of befitting a demonstration in behalf of the human rights of 20 million people, with the eye and the judgment of the world focused upon Washington, D.C. on August 28, 1963. In a neighborhood dispute, there might be stunts, rough words, and even hot insults, but when a whole people speaks to his government, The dialogue and the action must be on the level reflecting the worth of that people and the responsibility of that government. We,
6: the undersigned, who see the Washington March as wrapping up the dreams, hopes, ambitions, tears, and prayers of millions who have lived for this day, call upon the members, followers, and well-wishers of our several organizations to make the march a disciplined and purposeful demonstration. We call upon them all, black and white, to resist provocations to disorder and to violence. We ask them to remember that evil persons are determined to smear this march and to discredit the cause of equality by deliberate efforts to
7: stir disorder. We call for self-discipline so that no one in our own ranks, however enthusiastic, shall be the spark for disorder. We call for resistance to the efforts of those who, while not enemies of the march as such, might seek to use it to advance causes to the civil rights or to the welfare of our country. We ask each and every one in attendance in Washington or in spiritual attendance back home to place the cause above all else. Do not permit a few irresponsible people to hang new problems around our necks as we return home. Let's do what we came to do, place the national human rights problem squarely on the doorstep for the National Congress and of the federal government. Let's win at Washington. Thank you. The civil rights movement in the United
6: States during the 1950s and 1960s was the political, legal and social struggle to gain full citizenship rights for black Americans and to achieve racial equality. Individuals and civil rights organizations challenged segregation and discrimination in a variety of ways, including protest marches, boycotts, and refusal to abide by segregation laws. The informers will now share the 10 demands the civil rights leaders hope to accomplish by marching on Washington. The first demand is comprehensive and effective civil rights legislation from the present Congress and, and to guarantee all Americans access to all public accommodations, decent housing, and adequate and integrated education, and the right to vote.
4: Demands two through four consists of two withholding of federal funds from all programs in which discrimination exists, three, desegregation of all school districts in 1963, and four, enforcement of the 14th Amendment, reducing congressional representation of states where citizens are disfranchised.
6: Demands five and six included. Demand five, an executive order banning discrimination in all housing supported by federal funds. And demand 6. Authority for the Attorney General to institute, injunctive suits when any constitutional right is violated.
3: Demand 7-10 through 10 requested that 7. A massive federal program train and place all unemployed workers, black and white, on meaningful and dignified jobs at decent wages. 8. A National Minimum Wage Act provide all Americans with a decent standard of living. Nine, a broadened fair labor standards act include all areas of employment which were presently excluded and ten a federal fair employment practices act barring discrimination by federal state and municipal governments as well as employers contractors employment agencies and trade unions thank you
6: in closing 55 years after the 1963 march on washington The United States remains the most socioeconomically unequal of all Western nations and has less social mobility than either Canada or Europe. To champion the contemporary fight for economic and social equity, the 2018 commemoration of the 1963 March for Jobs and Freedom focuses on access to education, jobs, and contracts for women and for ethnic, racial, and sexual minorities. We hope the information we shared about the organization of the 1963 March on Washington and its demands enlightened, empowered, enriched, and educated you. Not only because it was the uh, demonstration for human rights in United States history, but because the interracial and intergenerational March on Washington for jobs and freedom was an unprecedented display of civic activism. Thank you.
1: Without further ado, a gentleman who doesn't need an introduction, so I won't give one, the mayor of our great city, Mr. Ethan Berkowitz.
8: Since my friend Aaron Leggett wasn't here, let me begin by acknowledging that we're on the traditional homelands of the Dinaina Athabascan and thank them for welcoming us. Chinon Langston Hughes wrote let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed fellow dreamers progress towards a dream is neither inexorable nor inevitable and in this time the march that we began more than 55 years ago continues and people march in boots and they march in sandals they march in sensible shoes in fancy shoes. They march on dusty streets, on highways, on byways, but we always march with the idea that we see the mountaintop and we are reaching towards that mountaintop because the dream is a responsibility. And in this time and age where people seek to divide us, where they cleave the differences between us, those of us who believe in something bigger and something better, have a responsibility to participate and to push back. Because all of us find freedom, all of us find opportunity, all of us find grace, when that dream is something real. But none of us can get there alone. And one of the great lessons of history is that nobody achieved anything by themselves, no individual, no people, no country, none of us. So the obligation that we have today, those who march in our own shoes and at the same time stand in the shoes of those who came before, is to work together, to stay focused on the mountaintop, and to do what we can to make the dream real. And here in Anchorage, we have a unique opportunity to make it so. We pride ourselves on the fact that we have the most diverse neighborhoods in the United States, the most diverse schools. That is a point of pride. The point of achievement comes when we make those that diversity something real, when we create pathways of opportunity, pathways for justice, when we make the values of this country real, when we do what Langston Hughes said, when we dream of this country as it should be, and make it that way. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Addressing Alaskans on KSKA Anchorage. That was Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz speaking at an event celebrating the 55th anniversary of the March on Washington. The event was hosted by the UAA Black Student Union. We continue the program with a performance of Freedom Train by Anchorage Community Theater.
9: Okay now, we're all gathered here today, and we're going to say the Freedom Train is coming. Mm -hmm. We're going to say it loud, and we're going to say it clear. Yes. You see, Governor Barnett, Phillips, they will hear it all over the state of Mississippi saying, the freedom train is coming. Uh-huh.
10: Yeah. All right.
9: yes. So we're going to say it again. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sing it. We're going to sing it beautifully. Mm-hmm. We're going to sing it clearly. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sing it together. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. So let's go one more time.
10: All right. Is that freedom train a coming, 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 coming? Tis that freedom train a coming, coming, coming.
9: now, we're all here. We're all here, to ra- we're all here to witness a great rally tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed we are. The rally of King and Henry. Mm-hmm. The rally of Governor. Uh-huh. Lieutenant Governor. Mm-hmm. Governor. We're here to witness a wonderful, momentous time. And we're here to witness what real freedom is all about.
1: All right, tell Mm them.
9: And what we want to know tonight, is there anybody in this place tonight Mm -hmm. that don't want freedom? Mm -mm. (laughs) But we're here. I'm telling you, we are here fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm. We are here together, and we are fighting together. So, if there is anybody in this house tonight that don't want freedom, we're gonna make you want it tonight.
10: Okay. Yes.
9: Mm. Now, so we're gonna tell the world. Mm-hmm. We're gonna tell the world that the freedom train is coming. Mm. Right. We're gonna tell them it's carrying nothing but freedom.
10: Right.
9: So Since we're in here now, saying that the Freedom Train is coming, Mm -hmm. there are folks outside that didn't come in tonight. And you know what they say? Mm -hmm. They say, I hear y'all talking about the Freedom Train is coming. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Mm -hmm. I want to understand. Will there be any Governor Barnett's on this train? Will there be any Phillips on this train? No. Will there be any Johnsons on this train? No. No, no, no. no. There will be no segregation on this train. There will be no segregation, nothing but freedom on this train. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tell them, and we're going to tell them loud that the freedom train is Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. and is carrying nothing but freedom
10: it'll be care and nothing but freedom 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 it'll be
9: Now we told them, we told them the freedom train is coming and it's carrying nothing but freedom. So it's understandable for the concern. We have people saying, I I know that I didn't cash in my freedom ballot like I should have done. What can I do? They say, they say, is there room on this train for me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I, can I carry my sister with me? Mm-hmm. Can I carry my daughter with mm-hmm. me? My brother, my mother, my uncle, yes. my cousins. I'm yes. going to carry everybody on yes. the train with me. Mm-hmm. Can they go on this freedom train with me? Mm-hmm. Will you go on the freedom train with us? Yes. Now, I know I'm not done what I should have done for the cause of freedom. This is what they say. So what can I do? Will there be room for me? Mm -hmm. Will there be room for you, for me? Yes! Yes! Mm -hmm. There will be freedom. There will be room for all of you. You see, the freedom train is coming not just by one. The freedom train will be coming by the thousands. So, you must understand tonight that you do not have to worry because the freedom train is coming by the thousands. Right.
10: Mm-hmm. Till
9: there be many,
10: by the thousands, 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 thousands. till there be. Till there be be. many by the thousands, thousands, thousands. Let's get on board,
9: get on board. Will you get on board with us tonight?
0: That was Anchorage Community Theater performing Freedom Train. We're going to take a short break from the UAA Black Student Union's celebration of the 55th anniversary of the March on Washington. Up next is a story produced by New Visions, New Voices from their Moments of the Movement series.
11: This is Moments of the Movement, Civil Rights and Change in America, a series featuring interviews with key civil rights leaders and participants. The Civil Rights Movement is sometimes portrayed as the courageous efforts of individual men and women whose bigger-than-life heroism transformed American society. Two sisters from Mississippi, Dory Ann and Joyce Ann Latner, worked to prepare for the March on Washington in 1963. They realized there was a far reach of supporters for the movement, from the unnamed everyday person to internationally renowned entertainers. These 19- and 20-year-old sisters also realized that the constant emphasis on big-name civil rights icons was leading them to become ambivalent towards some of these civil rights leaders, one leader in particular.
12: I had a pass, a stage pass, because I was on the staff. And so what I remember first was seeing all those people. It was an incredible sight. was a 19-year-old from... Mississippi who had never seen huge numbers. In fact, no one on that platform had seen numbers like that before. But I remember seeing people coming and coming and coming and they just kept coming. And then I saw the people on stage and I think I might have been impressed by some of them, but I think probably most by Josephine Baker. Um, Then seeing Mahalia Jackson and hearing her sing, I remember seeing Marlon Brando and I I got to kind of, Chills when I saw him and Josephine Baker, and I was thinking more than anything else that our support really ran deep, you know. Of course, I remember King's speech, but we had an ambivalent relationship with King as well. We referred to him as DeLaw, D E L A W D, like the Lord, you know, and and everybody's looking up to him. When in fact, slick people went into the most dangerous areas like Albany and other places, and we called it breaking an area staying there under the toughest conditions until you finally have a breakthrough with the local community when they begin to let you stay with them. They come out to the meetings and they start getting involved and organizing as well. And then it builds up to a crisis stage and that's when King would come in, we felt. And so we had an ambivalent relationship with him. We respected him, of course, but it wasn't all, oh, this is a fantastic man, this great speech he gave because we couldn't for long, because we were right back in that same tough environment. Three weeks later, we got on a bus and rode to the funeral of the three little girls who had been murdered, so I always saw that as, okay, back in your face, you had your big march, but we're back in control, you know, the white races. So we didn't have time to savor things, the march or anything else.
11: Oral histories were conducted by the Southern Oral History Program in the Center for the Study of the American South at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill on behalf of the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture and the Library of Congress, with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, online at newvisionsnewvoices.org.
0: We're going to pick back up with the UAA Black Student Union celebration of the 55th anniversary of the March on Washington. President of the Black Student Union, Cheryl Cox Williams, speaks first.
1: Well, here's a gentleman who's going to make you smile. He's going to make you think, and uh, we'll talk about it after you hear him. Uh, We would like to bring to the podium Pastor Andre Parker of the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church.
13: don't know if I'm going to make you smile, but you will talk about it after. (laughs) Thank you uh, for the staff for inviting me to share on this evening. When our country was suffering uh, from great injustice and the streets were filled with extreme hatred and violence. August 28, 1963, gathered some 250,000 people. And when invited to the podium, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King stated these words, this has been one of the great days of America. And I think this march will go down in history as the greatest, if not the greatest demonstration of freedom and human dignity ever held in the United States. These words still reign true today as we celebrate and remember that historic event. The extreme courage and dedication it took for men and women of all races to fight for a dream is indescribable. Thus, the March on Washington for jobs and freedom should be a great motivator for us now. Today. Our nation is still plagued with discrimination, sexism, racism, violence, injustice, and to even speak of a peaceful world to some is inconceivable. There are continued challenges and inequalities ahead of us. Generations after us will have to deal with what we don't handle now. And as we celebrate And remember, on this 55th anniversary of the March on Washington, it is essential to remember the message and keep dreaming. Keep dreaming for equality in our criminal justice system. Keep dreaming that the disproportionate incarceration rate of minorities would diminish. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming for poverty abatement for all people. Keep dreaming for economic justice for all people. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming to remove the barriers that hinder quality health care with sustainability for all people. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming for racial equality and non-discrimination. Keep dreaming to end gerrymandering. Keep dreaming, I tell you. Keep dreaming that our nation would turn back to the foundation of establishing justice, ensuring domestic equality, providing for the common defense, promoting the gentle welfare, and securing the blessings of liberty for ourselves and the posterity. Keep dreaming to build a stronger, harmonious, unified, healthier and nonviolent democracy. To close with these words, all of us have a part in the matter. And Dr. Benjamin E. Mays made a statement. He was a Baptist minister, civil rights leader, president of Morehouse College in 63. He said, every man and woman is born into the world to do something unique and something distinctive. And if you don't do it, It won't get done. We must introspectively look at ourselves and ask the question, what can I do to make this world better? Let's not waste the time, the energy, the resources, the voices, the ability that each one of us have. But let's continue to fight. That started 55 years ago. So I say tonight, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. And to wake your neighbor up, why don't you just look at them and ask them and tell them, keep dreaming. Thank you, and God bless you.
0: You're listening to Addressing Alaskans on KSKA Anchorage. Today, we're featuring selections from the University of Alaska Anchorage Black Student Union's celebration of the 55th anniversary of the March on Washington. Up next, we have an audio piece written by UAA professor Ian Hartman and read by radio host Don Mega.
14: On August 28, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. approached the Lincoln Memorial and gave one of the most inspirational speeches in American history. It was a typical hot and sticky day in the nation's capital. Over 250,000 people took part in a rally known as the March on Washington for jobs and freedom, men, women, and children, black and white. Old, and young had gathered from around the country. Some had taken days to arrive by bus along hostile terrain in the American South. Other speakers from the day's events included A. Philip Randolph and Walter Reuther. Two legendary labor leaders who spoke on behalf of working men and women, both explained that all work was dignified and that no one should go without three square meals and a roof over their head. The words of those who demand a living wage, workplace representation, and access to health care for all very much echo the precise arguments of Reuther and Randolph. NAACP President Roy Wilkins and Representative from King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the Congress of Racial Equality spoke as well. Men, such as the future Georgia Congressman John Lewis, gave impassioned pleas for racial justice. Looking back on remarks, one sees a who's who of civil rights icons and activists. It was indeed a high watermark in the nation's ongoing struggle to achieve equality for all. However, one does not see women amid the raft of speakers, a glaring oversight worth noting. Noting As we push forward in this new era of civil rights, the primary organizer Bayard Rustin did not speak for fear that his sexual orientation would repel otherwise sympathetic marchers. As we push forward to this new era of civil rights, let us not forget the struggles of our gay, lesbian and transgender brothers and sisters. As we pause and listen to this speech, let us remember that Martin Luther King Jr. spoke out against racism. He also spoke out against other evil evils plaguing American society. He spoke out against war, against poverty, against the exploitation of workers and children. He spoke on behalf of those who lacked a voice. He knew well how incomplete his dream was, and dare I say, he would find the dream still a work in progress today. But he'd give voice to all dreamers who viewed this land one of opportunity. As we listen to this in 2018, let us consider the various ways injustice continues. Let us fight for those who are marginalized just as King advocated. The words of his speech apply to all, regardless of race, citizenship or gender, our sexuality or age. Let the dream move us to action in the world World where some of our leaders fail to even speak basic truth on a daily basis. Let us now listen to some of the truest words ever uttered. Let us build a better world in the image of these words spoken by Martin Luther King 55 years ago. Let us keep the dream alive. Thank you.
1: I'd like to have some dreamers start lining up for uh, their turn. Um, Mr. Niall Morris, Miss Leslie Pedgrin, if you can all start lining up over here. Your papers have a number on the bottom. Professor Johnson, Professor Ian Hartman, Bridget Kofu, Keith Gibbons, Carrie Ryan Frank, Gwen Alexander, Professor Michelle Skamen, Mr. George Martinez, Professor Kimberly Pace, Jennifer Spencer, Nairak Kwani, Mook Nobaliza, and Ali Jackson. Our group here is an impromptu group that has been put together over dinner. <laughs> we are unable to uh, show the actual video of the speech tonight. But never fear, Sergeant Williams Mama Bear is here. And we have some volunteers and some voluntold. And um, we will be reading one paragraph per person. Thank you so much. And now we will have the reading of the actual words that were spoken on August 28th, 1963, by the Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.
14: I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had once seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity.
13: But 100 years later, but 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the ministries of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the Negro is still lavished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his
0: own land. One hundred years later. So we come here today to dramatize this shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was the promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
4: It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Uh, Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity in this nation. And so we have come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the securities of justice.
7: We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or taking the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlight path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook this urgency of the moment.
15: This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until the, there is all invigorating atonement of freedom and equality. 1963 is no, is not an end, but a beginning. And these, those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will not be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as, as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his, his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of the revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of our justice emerges.
5: But there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the worn threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forgive or forever conduct our struggles on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must now not allow our creative protest to degenerate in our physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. And they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back.
16: There are those that are asking the devotees of the civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is a victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied as long as our bodies, heavy with fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto into a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating, for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote, and the Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote for. No, no, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down, like the waters and righteousness like a mighty stream.
5: I am not unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair.
17: Sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character.
5: I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with its vicious racists and its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black girls and little black boys will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley
16: shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be plain and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall shall see it together.
7: This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. And this will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, land where my father died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be great nation, is to be a great nation, this will become true.
4: So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring from the snow-capped rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvious slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from the stone mound of Georgia, let freedom ring from the lookout mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring.
6: And when this happens, and when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, we will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, Thank God Almighty, we are free at last.
1: I'd like to um, hearken to what was mentioned in uh, Don Mega's introduction. In 2018, I stand before you a retired Army veteran of 20 years, zero days, zero hours. A mother, a very proud mother to the point where I embarrassed them. (laughs) In attendance tonight, I would like to tell my progeny. My daughter, Raquel, a nursing student here in a sophomore year. My son, Mark Anthony Cox, who is uh, a recipient of your ROTC scholarship after serving two years active duty, and his wife, uh, Jessica Cox, who is also a recipient of one of your associate's degrees in business and the only working member of the family. (laughs) We are UAA. We are what Dr. King was dreaming about. My grandchildren, no pressure, no pressure, (laughs) are going to have the unique opportunity of being Yupik, Mexican, Jamaican, and black American. What world will welcome them? What will their professors be like? What will they be taught? What will they be allowed to express? I too have a dream that we can really see black boys and black girls hold hands with white boys and white girls in a cooperative, collaborative way, similar to the way this program was put together. If you can imagine that anthropology talked to history and talked to journalism, and then the dean of students showed up, this was a dream come true. But I don't want it to be I warmed the seats at the Fine Arts Building. These are the things that come to mind the Black Student Union has been here for years, and like it was mentioned to me before, there'll be a time where it's just going gangbusters, and then it's gonna go back off. Is black trending right now? Is, is that why you're here? This is not necessarily about black. We have co-opted the, the poster child of what is happening in the world. And if we should ask the international students, the Latin students, to join us, there will be very little that you're going to be able to tell that's different about us. We're all very passionate. We don't want to disenfranchise anyone in this quest for diversity. Where there's anger, there's probably frustration. Where there's frustration, there's probably some questions that you want to ask. But for my professors who are here right now that has watched this 49-year-old struggle with this return to education, I thank you for your patience. But what I do today, I do for my progeny. If I say I'm gonna do something, if it takes me 30 years to be a senior, I'm still gonna do it. If we're gonna do this 55 years later and we haven't moved the needle very far, don't model it for your coworkers, model it for your family. Start at home. This is how we create change. One family, unit at a time. Whatever way your unit looks, you know that you're family.
0: Thanks for listening to Addressing Alaskans on KSKA Anchorage. You just heard selections from the University of Alaska Anchorage Black Student Union's celebration of the 55th anniversary of the March on Washington. The event was hosted by President of the Black Student Union, Cheryl Cox Williams, and was recorded on August 30th at the UAA Fine Arts Building Recital Hall. If you missed part of this show or would like to hear more, head to alaskapublic.org and visit the Addressing Alaskans page. For KSKA, I'm Ammon Swenson. Addressing Alaskans is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Theme music is by Patrick Lee. The views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not reflect KSKA or its underwriters. To let us know about an upcoming community event that you would like to hear on Addressing Alaskans, just go to our website at alaskapublic.org and click on Contact Us at the bottom of the page. Learn more about addressing Alaskans and listen online at alaskapublic.org.